So, you know, just like we can take that whole Charlotte Mason or any method too far and just be so stuck in it, we can also take the relaxed too far and take that to mean, well, if our kids don't want to do school today, okay, it'll come tomorrow or whatever. So I want to be somebody who's in the middle where I say, we have a framework, we have a plan. I'm not afraid to replace some things. I'm not, a I'm not afraid to not get to some things if we fill it with some other good stuff. So I'm very relaxed in that manner, but I'm certainly not gonna let my kids get away with not doing school simply because they're not interested or none of us feel like we wanna do school today. Welcome to Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology, a series of interviews with real-life homeschool moms, dads, and other educators on all sorts of topics that affect our lives as homeschool parents. I'm Amy Sloan, a second-generation homeschool mom of five, and I am so delighted that you are here. Here on Homeschool Conversations, we'll discuss educational philosophy, family life, and more. Come chat with us. Today, I am joined by Cindy West, a busy homeschooling mom to three active and wonderful children. Cindy, thank you for coming today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Cindy and her family are very eclectic in what and how they learn, but identify most with the Charlotte Mason style of schooling. Their homeschool relies heavily on short academic lessons, good literature, nature study, living math, handicrafts, life is learning, free time, and habit training. The West family lives on a cattle farm in central Kentucky, which I want to hear more about that later. <laughs> besides, <laughs> besides homeschooling and blogging, Cindy also writes and reviews homeschool curriculum. She speaks regularly at homeschool events and offers homeschool consultations. And you can find all of her resources at ourjourneywestward.com. You have a lot going on. I do. <laughs> well, why don't you take a minute and tell us a little bit about your family and then sort of your decision to homeschool, how you came into this homeschool adventure. Okay, that is a great question. So I actually do have three children. Two of them have flown the coop. So 23-year-old um, is getting ready to graduate with her bachelor's degree in marketing this spring. And the 19-year-old is getting ready to graduate with his associates in business management, I believe. Um, and so I'm only homeschooling one now. And believe it or not, that seventh grader and the only schooling, you know, um, I've always wished only have to homeschool one, but it's actually been more of a challenge than I ever thought. So many ways, really, really fabulous. And then in other ways, it's, it, there are challenges. Um, so how did I get started in this? Well, I thought homeschoolers were silly and it was not a very good decision on the part of a parent when I was teaching in the public school. <laughs> and then along came my first child and I realized very quickly, wow, putting this precious baby of mine into that place that I knew was not always conducive to um, raising up good children, smart children, and children with confidence um, 
made me consider homeschooling. We ran across a family at church that wasn't strange. Their kids were smart. They were well socialized. And I talked my husband into um, a year or two, just a year or two. And then I will get back into teaching at the real school and get these kids of mine, which I had two at the time, um, get them into school and it's all gonna be fine. And so here we are 18 years later and um, it didn't take more than two or three years to really solidify that this is what we were gonna do for the long haul. So that's how we got into it. Wow, what a great story. Well, I have so many questions. I want to take a minute though and ask you to follow up on something you just said, because you have this really unique perspective where you've homeschooled multiple children at the same time, mm -hmm. and now you're having the experience of, of homeschooling you know, an only child in a sense, an only child at home. And could you tell me a little bit about uh, more about what's different with that? And you mentioned there were some challenges, unique challenges yes. with that. So when you have multiple kids, they tend to keep one another busy. There is socialization that happens as brothers and sisters. Both of my kids, actually my bigger kids, still live at home, but they're in college, they're doing jobs, they have friends, so they're not actually home very often. Um, so it's just me plus my little guy. He's seventh grade, so he's not that little. He's 13 years old. But I've realized really quickly, we do live on a farm, which you had mentioned. He doesn't have neighbors. Now he doesn't have siblings to kind of keep him busy. And it's just not conducive for him or me to be together 100% all of the time. So I have found myself actually busier on this end of it, making sure that he is, um, actively engaged in lots of different things. So there's sports to get some of the energy out. There are classes so that he has, is learning with other people sometimes. Um, and then just giving both of us a little bit of a break from one another. Because when you have those multiple ages, you can have a little bit of a break and they keep one another busy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's wonderful. I do not have to plan as much. We sit down and I take care of the business that I need to take care of with him. And then he goes on his merry way with the rest of his school. But on the other side of it, the actual real socialization that does need to occur with homeschooling has been way more than I thought it would be. Yeah, it sounds like you're having to be a lot more purposeful and taking that time and energy to do something that before just you didn't even have to think about it happened yeah. naturally. That's a great way to put it. Intentional and purposeful. Yeah. So do the children participate in the work of the farm? Yes. Um, yes, they do. So Eli, my 13-year-old, is just beginning to do some of this. So he typically helps other people. But yeah, all of my kids help with the feeding of the cows and the doing of the hay in the summer, um, the mowing of the grass. There's a lot of grass on a farm to be mown. So yeah, a lot of that they're all in on. Wow, me, that is so If fun. you ask me, I don't. I never learned to drive a tractor and it was purposeful. Yes. Smart decision early on. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, I have I haven't learned how to turn on our grill or like get it started and it's on purpose. You know, there has to be at least one thing that I don't know how to do, so I can't have to do it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, early as you were telling your story about how you kind of came to homeschooling, you mentioned that one of the 
kind of motivations was actually from the flip side of being a public school teacher and seeing how um, that was affecting some of your students. So would you say that your professional background helped or hindered or some of both, like your own family's homeschool? Yeah, for sure both. Um, I have always been very confident about teaching my kids. I'm not saying you have to have a teaching degree to homeschool your kids, but it's never been any issue for me whatsoever in the confidence that I have in teaching them. So in that respect, very, very beneficial for me. In the, uh, well, and also I would say beneficial for me to know um, perhaps how to not do certain things because, you know, I was trying to raise kids with a certain type of um, just various character qualities, whether it was a good work ethic or um, kindness or manners or whatever. And I saw that a lot of that was not happening in the school classroom, no matter how much I tried in elementary school to pull these kids towards better character. It just, if it wasn't happening in the home, it was really hard for me to overcome that. So in that respect, it also helped me a lot. Did it hinder me? Um, Perhaps at first, a little, just because, you know, I, I probably started homeschooling with the mentality of let's sit at a desk and let's do some things. I will say, though, that I got hooked up with um, For the Children's Sake by Susan Schaefer Macaulay really early on, and it went a long way in shaping us. So I would say by the time we were a year or so in to homeschooling, I had really solidified how we were going to do homeschooling and it looked completely different from the classroom. So not so much a hinder, but I have heard from a lot of teachers that it does hinder them because they don't quite know how to step away from that traditional model. And I would say for parents who have grown up in that, it's sometimes difficult to step away from that um, traditional model of we sit down and we have subjects and those are timed subjects and we do them for that amount of time and we do all of the subjects every single day because that's the way school is done. Um, so yeah, I, I am a testament that you can come out of that and have a really awesome homeschool. Yeah, and as a second generation homeschooler, I feel so blessed to have always had an outside the box education. That to me Good. is actually much more normal than if we were all sitting at a table all together and we were timing everything and, oh, that just sounds terrible to me. That doesn't sound normal at all. So it gives, it's really exciting to think about, you know, your second generation or potentially my third generation, like as, as homeschooling becomes more and more a multi-generation thing, just the freedoms that, that those children will have. They won't have those same preconceived notions. So. Yes. Oh, I love it. My 23-year-old today, she's doing an internship, and she actually had to go into a classroom, a high school classroom, and observe some things. And she came home and just said, Mom! And she just had no idea the lack of respect and the um, lack of the kids' zest for learning because she has always loved to learn. So she was really disheartened. <laughs> and I loved it because I thought, you know what? You are so out of the box that you had no idea this was happening. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. All right. So you mentioned For the Children's Sake by Susan Schaefer-McCauley. 
Um, I spoke mm -hmm. to Kathy White from Cottage Press recently. That was another, that was a formative book and her experience. I know that was a formative for my mom. It is such a wonderful book. So can you tell yes. me how that book and then other things kind of formed your homeschool personality or what, how would you describe your homeschool personality style? Okay. Um, I would consider myself a relaxed Charlotte Mason homeschooler and always I, that's just sort of always been what i am um there are a lot of people right now who would consider that if you're not a charlotte mason all-in purist that you're not really charlotte mason but see the that kind of defeats the whole purpose of homeschooling from my perspective so we define ourselves i think based on what's best for our own families, our own children, our own schedules, our own teaching style, their learning styles and all of that. So I have always gone at schooling with a Charlotte Mason framework is a good way to put it, where we do we do, do the short lessons and uh, we get into nature a lot. We're doing this living in anything that we can, whether it's literature or science or history or whatever. Um, and then relaxed in the sense that I'm not overly concerned if we get to every single thing every single day. I'm not overly concerned if um, we take a field trip and we replace that entire day with the field trip and we, we actually miss out on some lessons that we never make it to by the end of the year. Um, so very relaxed in that sense. I could probably go on a little bit about that whole relaxed thing because well, I think I will, because I think there are some people who tend to take relax a little bit too far. So, you know, just like we can take that whole Charlotte Mason or any method too far and just be so stuck in it, we can also take the relaxed too far and take that to mean, well, if our kids don't want to do school today, okay, it'll come tomorrow or whatever. So I want to be somebody who's in the middle where I say, we have a framework we have a plan i'm not afraid to replace some things i'm not a i'm not afraid to not get to some things if we fill it with some other good stuff so i'm very relaxed in that manner but i'm certainly not going to let my kids get away with not doing school simply because they're not interested or none of us feel like we want to do school today or send them outside to say oh, okay you guys you go outside and play we're gonna call it nature study all day um so you know, I think there's a happy medium there. Um, and how that book shaped me, gosh, it's been a little while since I've read it. But I remember specifically getting this new vision of, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I've always wanted to do with my kids. I've wanted to snuggle on the couch. I've wanted to go outside and go on nature walks with them. I've wanted to read and play and not necessarily be in the books full-time all the time and that that book just cast that vision for me um i do know that i read some others early on that helped shape i think there was one even called something like the relaxed homeschooler don't remember um and i feel like i read something by um john taylor gatto i don't he's got several books i don't know which one i read but all of those kind of helped me reframe what education education could look like especially having taught in the classroom i am having to restrain myself from getting up and jumping around if i had confetti air horns they'd be going off everywhere i loved i was like 
okay, hold it in, hold it in while you're talking. I just love what you said about how we can almost become, replace traditional education with bondage to our new homeschool label, where instead of the, the, the primary focus really being our children, our family, which is why we homeschooled in the first place, all of a sudden it's about like us doing it the quote unquote right way that someone else of course is the one telling us what the right way and um and then though to take that other side and and make sure that we have the flexibility and the peace and the that kind of true relaxed sense of where it's peaceful and joyful and not a burden right but we're also still doing the work of homeschooling even when it's hard and i loved it just everything you just said that was great good we're on the same page <laughs> yes okay so you talked about um how nature study was something obviously that you you loved and resonated in that early book that you were reading and you are now known for being the creator of fabulous nature studies so can you tell us a little bit about your nature explorers things and and how you teach nature study to homeschool families sure yeah so Well, if you've been around here for any length of time, you know how much I love including poetry and other beautiful memory work in our family's homeschool day. But if you've wondered what are the best morning time poems to include, well, I have a free printable for you. Head to humilityanddoxology.com slash 100 morning time poems, and you'll get to download a list of 100 of my favorites. And then be sure to come back and let me know which ones your family has enjoyed. Many moons ago, um, I got a hold of something that just really said, listen, Charlotte Mason means you got to get out in nature. And I'd always loved nature, always, always, always. But I'd never really taken the time to necessarily do it on a regular basis with my kids. We were outside all the time on the farm, obviously. But purposeful, get out, walk the trails, walk the wherever, and notice the plants and the animals and make those connections and, and all that good stuff. I just hadn't made the time for it. And... I started seeing that there are a lot of other people who really wanted to do that, but they couldn't figure out a way to make the time for it. Um, so a friend and I, in the beginning, got together and said, let's write some curriculum to help these parents know what to do when they're out there, because that was a big, huge stumbling block of, okay, well, we can go out there and we can walk, but what exactly? <laughs> are we supposed to do when we're out there? So we wrote the Nature Explorers curriculum and that was the very first thing. Um, and it's, it's just full of ideas to get out on a walk and what do we do on that walk? And it's very creative. So remember, some of our Charlotte Mason purists are not gonna always appreciate the way I do things. Those walks are very much, um, you, the Charlotte Mason model kind of has this precise thing that the kids go and they look and, and then they come back and they tell you about it and then they go discover it. Well, 
I found that that was a lot of effort for a lot of families. Some families that works perfectly for, go for it, that's awesome. But with others, they just don't even, what are we even supposed to look for? So we put together a bunch of different walks that said, okay, today, this is what you're gonna go out and you're gonna look for, and this is how you're gonna observe it, and this is how you're going to journal it. So, and they were very creative of kids who are excited about this, you're going to have certain walks that are going to gravitate for you. If you've got kids who are really bummed about having to go out and do this, there are going to be different kinds of walks that excite them. Um, lots of hands-on things where we're measuring, where we're comparing, where we're just um, making maps rather than writing things in our journal or drawing things in our journal. So we try to just put in all kinds of ideas that were on topical things. So you could say, okay, wildflowers are growing right now so we're going to grab this wildflower book and there are 40 different walks we can take and you can pick and choose and then we put in there some extra things for the people who wanted to bring that learning back home and not just go on the nature walk and be done but maybe they noticed okay we've never really learned about flowers let's learn about flowers now for a few days at home so we put a bunch of different hands-on or research kid kid-friendly research things that they could go home and do to expand what they saw on their nature walk so that's where nature uh, the nature explorer series was born um, and then the different curriculum that just kept coming from that just flowed out for different reasons, whether you kind of just wanted to grab and go some stuff. I wrote some curriculum for that, whether you wanted printables that your kids could write on, I created some curriculum for that. And then just recently, like within the last six months, there are a lot of families who don't like to get outside. Um, they don't, and it's maybe it's too hot where they live or too cold where they live or they've got severe allergies or there's a handicap of some sort or they just hate to be outside and I thought well you know what there's a lot of nature study that can be done inside so no sweat nature study live was born and that is where I just get on a couple times a month and teach kiddos about nature study things and we do the nature journaling together that most people associate with being outside on a nature walk we do that together um on a screen just like this one and it has been the biggest blessing for me ever you cannot even imagine it's been awesome and the kids that join us are wonderful and they're so excited about nature and actually those classes are getting a lot of them outside because we talk about things and then they want to go find them so yeah nature study is a really really big deal for me oh i love that we had a chance to um use one of your nature explorers i think it was the rain it's called something like rain yes mm -hmm. and the kids and i had my younger three and i went out one rainy day and just had so much fun i think there was like a um a list of things to look for and you would check them off as you found them and oh they were just so enthralled with you know where are we going to look for this and i noticed them looking around and being more observant for that very reason because they had specific things to look through and so that was really fun oh good yeah all right so why do you think it's important to include nature study in our homeschool and again you've said you know even if there are limitations or the reasons you can't go outside you can still do it inside. So why though is nature study important? And do you think that people have misconceptions about nature study that maybe hinders them from wanting to pursue it? 
Okay, yeah, both of those are really good questions. So the hindrance, I think I hinted at for me um, earlier, it, it wasn't something that I understood was a big deal. And then figuring out, I had to physically readjust my schedule to figure out how to do that regularly. And there are a lot of people with already very full schedules who they just don't quite know how to fit it in. They might want to do it, but they're thinking, I've got all of these things on my list to do. How do I possibly include that as well? And then you put on top of that the hindrance of, okay, is this even worth our time? Because we don't even know what we're doing out here. We go out here and it's almost like playtime versus learning. So I think all of those are big hindrances. Um, but there is a great importance in nature study. Most of your early sciences are actually foundational to nature. So all of your biologies, your plants and your animals, you get great experiences either early on, all the way up through high school, actually. You almost have, well, think about high school for a minute. What do we have to teach our kids? We don't just teach them a science class. In high school, they have to have a couple of science class classes with labs. Well, what's a lab? A lab is hands-on science. You're actually doing experiments, right? Well, if you think of nature study as your hands-on biology lab, that takes it all the way through high school, easy. But go back to little kids. Go back to our elementaries and even into our middle school you're building foundational understanding of plants and animals and comparing those two things of physics of the way water flows of the way um, erosion happens all of those are physics concepts not to mention earth science earth and space science are just right there in nature um, and there's even chemistry you can touch on now you do have to pull a little bit harder to tie chemistry in and maybe even physics sometimes but all of that experiential learning is huge and i really mean that i mean remember we're talking about somebody who has two kids in college now yeah. nature study was a big deal in our homeschool and i found that as we got into high school and i gave them those textbooks that i thought they had to have right there were some things that we skipped over and there were a lot of labs that we skipped over because they had already experienced all of that through nature walks. They'd already touched the stuff. They'd already compared the stuff. They'd already measured the things, right? They'd already documented it in nature journals. So it turned out to be just this great, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, validation that, oh, this, this hands-on science in nature really, really works. And so beyond that, think about just the regular good benefits from getting your kids outside. As you and I record this right now, it's the early part of March. Most of us have been cooped up indoors for a really long time now. Nature study gets your kids outside, into the fresh air, into the sunshine, even if it's cold, and rejuvenates their bodies so that they can actually focus their minds better. Just like you might send them out to play on the playground for a while. You say, go swing, go run around the house, go whatever, because you know it's really beneficial to their bodies and will refocus their mind. Well, think of nature study as not only that time, but it's that time that you can also count as school. So you're actually doubling your duty there. And then if you're a Charlotte Mason homeschooler, you know that your kids are supposed to be outdoors for hours a day anyway. So why not make that 
something that you can go take it off. We actually did science today. Mm -hmm. Nature study then has intrinsic value and benefit, but you've also from the other side seen how it had some practical benefits mm -hmm. to teaching your children observation and thinking and just love for science yeah. and nature. It was not something just dry that you had to learn in a textbook. It was something they had touched. They had felt it. They had been a part of it. So. Yeah. Well, and that's something that, that I hadn't even remembered to say. When you said it kind of um, it, it excites them, I think is the way you put it. I've seen time and time again, whether it's through the classes that I teach online or a walk that I take with kids, where all of a sudden they have figured out this is really cool and I want to go and learn more about it. So we've excited them to learn something and it's almost like they're making their own connections and they're going to doing their own research and they're going doing their own whatever that we haven't even had to assign. We haven't even had to say, you're going to go do X, Y, and Z. And we might have to at first before they understand or before they start to go, oh, I'm going to learn so much if I go back and read about this. But once you kind of ignite that passion in them, they've touched it, they've seen it, they want to go learn more, you'll be amazed at some of the things that they come home that you haven't even had to teach them. Oh, that is so exciting. I can't wait to go downstairs and send my children outside <laughs> or go outside with them maybe today. You don't always have to go outside. They can go explore it by themselves sometimes. Oh, yes. Uh, we have a tree, a climbing tree that often um, has a child way, way up high in it. I just, I don't look at how high they are. They have a great time out there. That's a good mom. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a question that I love to ask uh, veteran homeschool moms. And um, it's always really encouraging and interesting to see your perspective. So if you could go back and talk to yourself as a new homeschool mom. What do you wish that you could go back and say to yourself as a new homeschool mom? Okay, I try to not live with regrets ever. And I try to give myself a lot of grace because I feel like if I go forth every day and I give it my best effort, then there are obviously gonna be mistakes I make, but I've got to give myself grace. We're all going to make mistakes, right? So I try to just go forth and do the best I can. But there are a couple of things that I can think specifically that I wish that I had done differently. One of them in particular was with a very exuberant child who just had so much energy and so much noise and so much movement. And I tended to get, I tended to squelch him. There's no other way to put it. I tended to push some of that out of him and discipline maybe a little bit more than I should have. And on this end of it, I really wish that I would have just enjoyed him more for what he was. And I wish that I would have understood at the time. I understand this now, but I wish I would have understood at the time that that exuberance was going to be so powerful. That energy was gonna create him to do some really awesome things. And I think once in a while, with me trying to take and, you know, calm him down, push him down, whatever you wanna call it, that I may have stolen a little bit of his confidence. And um, he's a great kid, he's an awesome kid, and he still has a lot of exuberance and a lot of energy. And I had actually talked with him about this, and I apologized where, maybe I didn't let him be him as much as I should have. 
and we're cool about it's all good now but um but i wish that younger mom would have just been a little bit more patient with somebody who was not necessarily like me and allowed him even if it drove me crazy even if it drove me crazy <laughs> allowed him to, to be be wild be a little bit more wild um, and he had plenty of wild times. Nobody needs to feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing I can think is um, to not, not let my kids talk me out of certain things. They were really good and are really good at manipulating me um, into, hey, mom, I feel like I've done enough math. I've got all of this. I don't really need to finish all of this. And there were times when I was a pushover with that. And not that it's been a problem at all, but I did have one of my kids go, you know what? You should have probably made us do all the things all the time because <laughs> our professors aren't letting us get away with not finishing stuff. So <laughs> that's just one simple example of something that they have come back and told me, stop letting us get away with so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's too funny. I tell, I tell my, my firstborn son, I'm like, you know, I'm just experimenting with you and I'm doing the best I can. I've never been a mom before. So yeah. I'll try to be, you know, patient with you if you can also try to be patient with me. Well, and you know what? We're, we're not only experimenting with that first one, we're experimenting with all of them because they're all so different. So the second one comes along and is so much different from the first and you're thinking, okay, well now we're experimenting again because this is a totally different kid. <laughs> and that's where the grace comes in and realizing you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. Yes. Oh, I love that. That is so encouraging. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your perspective. I know that will be an encouragement to many moms. All right. Well, Cindy, if people want to come and find you, where around the web can they come and find you? You can pretty much find me at Our Journey Westward Anywhere. So that is my blog. That's where my shop is. That's my Instagram handle. That's um, the Facebook page that I keep. So Our Journey Westward. And um, I'm on Instagram more than I am anywhere else because I like the positivity there. So if you want to connect that's a great place to connect with me. Awesome. Well, I will have all of those links in the show notes, and those will all be over at humilityanddoxology.com. So thank you so much, Cindy, and have a thank great you. rest of your day. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening in on this week's Homeschool Conversation. For show notes and links to all the resources we discussed, head to humilityanddoxology.com slash homeschool-conversations. And if these episodes are an encouragement to you, would you take a moment to leave a rating and review and to share with your friends? I am so thankful that you are here on this adventure with me. Let's repent of our constant striving relish the joy of learning, and rest in the work of Christ on our behalf. Stand fast, my friends.